0: For those who have been following us uh, for the past three weeks or two weeks, yeah, I've been teaching uh, on this series, Learning to Walk in Fellowship with God, Learning to Walk in Fellowship with God. Let's say Learning to Walk in Fellowship. One more time, Learning to Walk in Fellowship. So, we are continuing with that teaching, and uh, I believe it is important that we understand. Uh, Welcome, Sister Andre. Good to see you. It is important to understand where we stand in our walk of faith as we walk with God. So, walking with God is not uh, just like walking with someone. Like, you know, I'm walking with uh, Pastor Tony. I'm walking with uh, Elder Edwin. Uh, uh, we are going somewhere. It's not just a walk whereby you are the same way. You know, you, you are, you, there's no change in you. There is no transformation as you are walking with God. Because if you're walking with men, nothing changes. The same same, same way you start that's the same way you end. (laughs) Because you're just walking. But when you're walking with God, there is a change that takes place. There is a transformation that takes place. You check in the word of God. Men and women who walked with God. Talk of Abraham. The Bible says God had to change his name from Abraham to Abraham. Jacob. God had to change his name from Jacob to Israel. So you cannot walk with God and remain the same. He walked with Moses. Moses was, uh, even though he, he grew up in the house of Pharaoh, but he was a stammerer. He was not a very good uh, spokesperson. He was not confident enough to speak uh, in the crowd. Even though he was a prince. But when he walked with God, he became the most powerful man that the world has, has never seen before. So, today we are dealing with understanding, sonship. It is important for us to understand that we are sons. As we are walking with God, we are not walking with God as strangers, but we are walking with God as sons. Let's say sons. So one thing that you need to know and understand is that God has no problem understanding that he is your father. God Has no problem knowing that he is your father. He has no problem with that. He knows that he is your father. The only issue is with you. Do you know that you are his son? (laughs) Do you know that you are his son? He knows that he is your father. He's not going. He's not going to go on, you know, uh, for paternity test and something like that to prove that he's your for he knows that you carry his DNA he knows that you belong to him the day that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior say Jesus come into my life be Lord of my life that day you became a child of God You became a child of God Luke chapter 3 verse 38 I'm reading from New Living Translation. The Bible says Canaan was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam. Adam was the son of God. I'll read that one again. Canaan was the son of Enosh. Enosh was the son of Seth. Seth was the son of Adam, and Adam was the son of God. Now, the sonship that the word of God is referring to there, is, it has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with whether you are a man or you are a woman. This sonship is about your position in God. And before God. It is about your authority. As we will uh, understand in the word of God. That when you receive Jesus Christ. You are given the authority to become a child of God. This is about your position of fellowship with God. So when the Bible is saying. Adam the son of God. Is not talking about his gender. he's is talking about his position before God. It is referring to him having come from God. So, Adam came from God. Adam was created in the image of God. So, for that reason, Adam is a son of God. Glory be to Jesus. Now, this sonship now, this sonship that we are talking about now, it goes beyond gender. It's about your position. It's about your fellowship with God. Now, one thing that you need to understand is that the position of fellowship with God is only reserved for the children of God. The position of fellowship with God is only reserved for the children of God. It is not for angels. Angels do not fellowship with God. They work at his command. They are servants in the kingdom of God. I'm going to open scriptures to qualify what I'm saying here. Angels do not fellowship with God. Fellowshipping with God or fellowship is only reserved for God and his children. It is only reserved for God and his sons. Glory be to Jesus. Now, let me go back a little bit for you to understand about this uh, gender thing. Because we are talking about sons right? We're talking about sons here. Let's say sons. Sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to understand it. For men, maybe it's not easy to just say I'm a son, you know. (laughs) I'm a son. But for maybe for ladies, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I think it's kind of like, you know, weird a little bit, you know, I'm a son. I'm a son, you know. Because it's talking about your position. Now, in Matthew chapter 22 from verse 30, the Sadducees, they came to Jesus because they did not believe in Uh, resurrection of the dead and they said to jesus okay we we have come to you now we want you to explain to us some things what about if a man is married to uh, a woman and this man dies and according to the law the woman is given to the brother of this man and it also happens that the brother dies and comes another brother and these brothers are seven of them And let's say all of them, they die. And eventually the woman dies too. When they get to heaven, who is going to be the husband of this woman? It's, It's an interesting question, isn't it? Who is going to be the husband of this woman? And Jesus, in his response, he says to them, your problem is that you do not know the word of God. And you do not know the power of God. For in heaven, the children of God will not be given in marriage. They will live like angels. So you see now? In heaven, the children of God are like angels. So it has nothing to do with gender. The reason why I'm going about this and repeating it again and again, because that's where the crux of the matter is. You have to understand. Because if you miss this, you you have missed everything. You have to understand because that's where the power is, the power of your fellowship. You are a son. You are a son. You are a son. Let's say, I am a son. One more time, I am a son. In Romans chapter 8, from verse 15 to verse 17, the Bible says, The Spirit of God in us, you know, the Spirit of God that is in us helps us to cry what? Abba, Father. It also says in verse 17, that I'm paraphrasing, it also says in verse 17, it says that we agree together with the Spirit of God that we are children of God. Our spirit agrees with the Spirit of God that we are children of God. So what that means is that when the Bible is saying your spirit agrees with your spirit that you are a child of God it's not like your spirit is just wandering and going about and just crying by itself that i am a child of god i am a child of god abba father i am a child of god. no it means that your spirit has to agree it's a conscious occurrence you have to agree with you have to do it you have to be involved in agreeing that you are a child of god Hemologeo. Confession, the Greek word for confession, meaning to say speaking the same as God, speaking the same as. So you have to speak the same way that the spirit of God is speaking in your spirit and you agree to that and you make a conscious decision to say, I am a child of God. Amen. So you can be a child of God, but if you don't agree to it, if you don't make a conscious decision to say, I am I am a child of God. I am a son of God. Whatever benefits that are attached to being a son of God. Will never be activated in your life. Even though those benefits are already given to you. According to Peter. So it is only by realizing that you are a son. And you agree to the fact that you are a son. And you have your spirit cry together with the spirit of God. That you are the son of God. Glory be to Jesus. One more time, I am a son of God. One more time, I am a son of God. So this position of being a son and of of, of being in fellowship with God is only reserved for the children of God. For God and his children, not for angels. Now let me qualify that. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 14. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 14. I'm reading from New Living Translation. The Bible says, Therefore angels are only servants, spirits sent to care or minister for people who, who will inherit the salvation. Who inherit salvation. I'll read that again. Therefore angels are only servants, spirits sent to care, Or minister for people who inherit salvation. So, we see that the angels are only servants in the kingdom of God. They are sent forth to minister for, not to minister to. Angels do not minister to us. They minister for us. In other words, when you uh, come to the kingdom of God, there there is a number of angels that are given to you to minister on your behalf. Right? So that when you pray and you say, we want something to happen maybe in uh, in Banga or in Karakfagas or in Green Green Island. In Green Island, uh, you, you have the authority as a son, this is so beautiful, you know. I'm so excited in my spirit that I can I cannot even talk. You know, as a son, you have the authority to discharge angels because they are given to work on your behalf. Because you are part of the family of God. Amen. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. So angels, the Bible says, Therefore angels are only servants, spirits, sent to care for people who inherit salvation. Have you inherited salvation? Amen. Yes, you have. Why? Because you have received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. So angels are given to you. Amen. Angels are given to you to take care of your business. So, some of you, you you are still, you know, having problems in your life. Why? Because you don't understand this secret. You are busy going to God, asking God so many things, and God is saying, but I have already given angels to you to take care of your business. So, from today onwards, when you are praying, discharge those angels. They are given to you to work on your behalf. Glory be to Jesus. Now, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. The Bible says, again, New Living Translation, we also know that the Son did not come to help angels. Right? It's not like we're disqualifying angels here, but we are, we are just uh, asserting the position of the Son, of sonship. We are just telling ourselves and reinforcing the understanding that we are sons. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham so jesus did not come to help angels angels cannot be born again that's why no matter how much you love the devil this is what i used to you know when i was young and you know young uh i used to pray this prayer: say, god why not just forgive the devil you know just forgive him and you know (laughs) it was a foolish prayer prayer you know (laughs) you know a prayer without understanding (laughs) Why not just forgive the devil and everything is all right, then we move on, you know? (laughs) So no matter how much you love the devil, he cannot be forgiven, right? Because God, Jesus, did not come to help angels. He came to help uh, the descendants of Abraham. We are the descendants of Abraham. He came to help children of God. So angels cannot be born again. Angels cannot be saved. Why? Because they are not created in the image of God. As beautiful and as powerful angels are, they are not created in the image of God. They are a creation of God which are created for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. Now, one thing that you understand about angels is that angels do not have... uh, what do you call this? Angels do not—they they, don't—they don't have a rest. Angels do not have a rest. You don't have a rest of angels. Angels are unique in their individualism. Is that good English? Angels are unique as individuals. So angels are not the same. You've got different types of angels, but for the children—children children of God—we are all the same. Why? Because we were all created in the image of God. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Right? It's some understanding that I'm bringing to you there. Now, let's read New King James Version. Same chapter, chapter 2, verse 16. The Bible says, For indeed, he does not give aid to angels. Jesus does not give aid to angels. Or God does not give aid to angels. But he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Jesus gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Glory be to Jesus so now what you see there and understand is that when god created the first man adam he created him as a son, and he placed him in this place of fellowship so every time god would come and have fellowship with man But when Adam sinned, everything else was messed up. Everything else was messed up. He fell from this place of fellowship. And he had to relearn everything. Adam had to relearn everything. So... It is only in fellowship that we know God and understand God and grow in our spiritual walk. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 chapter 8 again New Living Translation. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 verse 12 so because he fell he had to relearn everything so that's why jesus came to restore that position he says in john chapter 10 verse 10 the enemy comes to kill to steal and to destroy but i have come that you may have life and life in abundance So he came to restore us to that place because fellowship with God was broken when men sinned. So Jesus came to restore that fellowship. I will read again. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. The Bible says, But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. On that day, says the Lord, I will put laws my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know God, or you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, and I will forgive their wickedness. And I will never again remember their sins. So now, the purpose of fellowship is for us to know God better. To know God without anybody having to tell us that this is God. It is to know God better. So, so you see that with Adam, the son of God, when he fell from the place of fellowship, the position of fellowship, he had to relearn everything. Adam was so sound in his mind. Adam was so brilliant that he needed no computer to keep the records of the names that he was na- naming the animals. The, he was giving the animals. He needed no computer to keep that record. So if he says this is a lion, he will not come back again and say this is a dog. No, he had, he had a sound mind. He understood. He knew the Lord. But when he fell from the place of fellowship, what happened? He had to relearn everything. So the place of fellowship helps us to understand who God is. It helps us to understand even his agenda in our lives. His plan in our lives. His purpose in our lives. So the Bible is saying here, but this new, in this new covenant, I will make... This covenant I will make, this new covenant I will make with the people of Israel. On that day, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors. No. Will they need to teach their relatives saying, you should know God. You should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already. Glory be to Jesus. So, it is important that we understand that as sons, we are in that place of fellowship. And it is in that place of fellowship that we know and understand God better. Now, let's move on now. I want us to see something there in John chapter 10, verse 24 to verse 38. We're just teaching here so that we have an understanding, a better understanding. John chapter 10 from verse 24 to verse 38. So Jesus had to come to reintroduce us to this place of fellowship. He had to come as a son. So last week we were saying that Jesus had to come in flesh so that he we we understand we are able to relate with him, and also that we know that we have a high priest that can be touched with our infirmities, with what we are going through. Now this time around, we are seeing that Jesus had to come as a son. Jesus could have come as anything, right? He could have come as um, you know God. Right? And just say, I'm God. I've come to rescue you. I'm going to die tomorrow and and resurrect and your sins are, you know, are, are paid for. But he had to come as a son. There was a reason why Jesus had to come as a son. To teach us what it means to be a son. To teach us what it means to walk with God as sons. So, jesus is god how many of you believe that jesus is god yeah jesus is god the bible says unto us a son is born unto us a son is given right and it goes on to say his name shall be called what everlasting father everlasting father so jesus is what is god (laughs) right in one of his prayers he says that i and the children that god has what He has given me. He calls us what? Children. (laughs) Jesus is God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Right? Jesus is God. Right? He says me and my father are one. Jesus is God. Let's say Jesus is God. So Jesus is God. But he had to come in the form of a son. Right? For a reason. For a reason. Right? Another time I was teaching, I, I said that we need to understand that in heaven, Jesus, before he came on earth, he was not known as Jesus. right? He was known as the word of God. So he could have come as the word of God. But God allowed it for Jesus to come as a son. As a son. Woo. Jesus had to come as a son for this reason. To teach you what it means to be a son. Because Adam failed on this assignment of being a son. So Jesus had to come and say, oh, okay, Adam failed here. So what, what, can, what are we going to do? Let's go and teach these people what it means to be a son. Because what it means to be a son, it means fellowship. It means being one with God. John chapter 10 verse 24, let me read. The, the people surrounded him and asked how long are you going to keep us in suspense if you are the messiah tell us plainly verse 25 jesus replied i have already told you and you don't believe me the proof is in the work that i do in my father's name but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep." verse 27 my sheep listen to my voice I know them, and they know me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Beautiful. Glory be to Jesus. Verse 29. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. We are safe in the hands of Jesus. I said we are safe in the, in the hands of Jesus. Amen. Verse 30. The father and I are one. You see now. Jesus here he is not talking as God. He is talking as a son. You are going to get something very soon. Jesus here is not talking as God. He is talking as a son. And he's saying the works that I am doing. I am doing them in the name of my father. My father and I are one. My father and I are one. No angel can say this. Even Michael, even Gabriel cannot say, My father and I are one. But you are privileged to say that my father and I are one. Why? Because you are a son. Are you getting something? You are a son. Let's say I'm a son. So, verse 31, it says, Once again, the people picked their stones, picked up stones to kill him. Jesus said, At my father's direction. You see now, he's not moving from that position. So at first he's saying, I am doing these works in my father's name. And he goes on to say, I and my father are one. And people picked up stones to kill Jesus before his time. And he goes on to say, at my father's direction, I, I have done this. I have done many good works. For which one of these are you going to stone me? Verse 33. This is coming, becoming so interesting. Verse 33. They replied, we are not stoning you for any good work but for blasphemy you a mere man we are not stoning you for any good work but for blasphemy you a mere man, man claim to be God Jesus replied is it not written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people I say you are gods'? this is Jesus here Come on now, this is Jesus here. This is not me. This is Jesus. If you check your Bible, some Bibles, it's written in red letters. Meaning, it's Jesus who is saying it. Come on now. It's Jesus who is saying it. Is it not written in your own scriptures, in your own Bible? That's what he's saying. That God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are God's. Verse 35. And you know that the scriptures cannot be broken, cannot be altered. The scriptures cannot be changed. Whatever is written in the scriptures, it is what it is. It cannot be changed. You are God's. So if those people who received God's message were called God's, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am a son of God? After all the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Verse 37, don't, don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. Verse 38, but if you do this his work, believe in the evidence of miracles of miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you know and understand that the Father and me the Father is in me and I am in the Father. So we are seeing the fellowship again. Now, let's go to Psalm chapter 82, verse 35. We want to see the reference that Jesus uh, is quoting there, where he says, God said to certain leaders of the people that you are gods. We want to see that. What the scriptures say concerning that issue So we are talking about sonship here. It's important for you to understand that you are a son. What it means to be a son. It's not about your gender. It's about your position. It's about your position of fellowship with God. Your position of authority. Psalm chapter 82 from verse 5. New King James Version. They do not know. Neither do they understand. They walk about in that. Now, this is talking about people that God perceive as gods. But they don't have understanding. The Bible says my people perish because of what? Ignorance. Yeah, ignorance. Ignorance. That's why we have to go precept upon precept. We don't have to rush and go as if we're going somewhere no. This is the basics. This is the most fundamental things you have to understand your position in God. You are a son. Because if you know that you are a son, you don't pray anyhow. You don't pray like as if you're feeling sorry for yourself as if you you know you're not sure whether God is going to hear you or not as if you are trying to beg or you know twist the the hand of God for God to do something for you. No. You are a son. You are a son. Yesterday I was giving my son a haircut, you know, and he was like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, and I said, come on now, I want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing you a favor, right, I'm, I want to cut your hair, I'm, I'm doing, you, doing you a favor, you must, you know, respect my time, and he said, you know what, oh, yeah, 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 I said, do you know that some people actu- actually paid for what I'm doing for you right now, you know, and he said, yeah, yeah, but you are my dad, you know, <laughs> but you are my dad, meaning to say you have no option, you are my dad, You have to do it anyway you know (laughs) of course I respect your time but you are my dad you have to do it anyway you know (laughs) so not that we do that to God but that's the kind of actual confidence in the presence of God to know that we are loved by God glory be to Jesus so verse 5 chapter 82 Psalms the Bible says they they do not know they do not know nor do they understand they walk about in darkness Oh, the foundations of the earth are unstable, right? When the foundations are being shaken, what will the righteous do? That's what David asked. If the foundations are being shaken, what will the righteous do? Right now, the foundations of the world are being shaken with the pandemic, with the coronavirus. What are we doing as righteous people? So, here the Bible says, they do not know. Neither do they understand their position. They don't know their position. They don't know that they are gods. They don't know that they are sons. Neither do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. Verse 6. Are you ready? Verse 6. The Bible says, I said you are gods. And all of you are children of the most high. Glory be to Jesus. I said, this is God speaking here. I said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the most high. And it goes on to say, but you shall die like men. Another version says, you shall die like me, a man. And fall like one of the princes. Why? Because you don't know. You don't understand. You're just walking and waiting for Jesus to come back so that you go to heaven. No, God wants you to be impactful in this world right now. Why? Because you are a son. You belong to the Most High God. So as you are walking and walking with God, you're not just walking as a nobody. No, you are walking with God as a son. As a son. So what do sons do? Sons learn from their father. They learn how their father speak. They learn how their father responds to situation. Right? So you walk as your father. You speak as your father. You confess and speak to situations as your father. Because you are a son. We are talking about understanding sonship. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. One more time. Let's say sons. Yeah. Now. So for us now, we have a better arrangement. Our arrangement now is better and different to that of Adam. That even though Adam was a son, he was not hidden in God. Because I want to believe that's what God realized. They do this with cars, right? With cars. That if they find out that uh, a certain uh, model of cars uh, is having an issue. They recall the cars. right? They recall the cars. So I want to believe on Adam. God had a recall on Adam to say, oh, okay, he's a son, but there is an issue here. Adam is not hidden in us. He's just there by, by himself. right? He's walking in authority, but he's just there by himself. But for us now, under this new covenant, we are hidden in God with Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says we are hidden in God with Christ. And our spirit is united with the spirit of God. We are one with him. So we have a better covenant. Let's say we have a better covenant. Let's go to John chapter 1, from verse 10 to verse 13. John chapter 1 from verse 10 to verse. All right, my time is moving. Left with 10 minutes. I'll try my best. John chapter 1 <clears throat> from verse 10 to verse 13. The Bible says, New King James Version, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. Verse 11. He came to His own. And his own did not receive him. But as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Another version says he gave them the right to be called sons of God. To those who believe in him. Who were born not of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man, but of God. But of God. So we are born of God, not because of men planning to give birth to us. No, not of blood, not of flesh. We are born by the will of God. Let's say I'm born by the will of God. One more time, put some energy. I'm born by the will of God. So it is God's planning. It was his planning to have me as his son. So I'm not an accident in the kingdom of God. I did not just happen in the kingdom of God. God purposed in his heart that today I'm going to have Michael. Today I'm going to have Edwin. Today I'm going to have Pastor Tony. Today, Tony, to God, is Tony, right? (laughs) Today, I'm going to have Tony. Today, I'm going to have my God purpose in his heart. That today, it's your day. It's your day. So, you are special. Peter puts it this way. Puts it this way. He says, we are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A peculiar nation. People who belong to God. We were created to show forth the goodness of the of God of the Lord. So we were born by the plan of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Can we go there? Romans chapter 8, verse 29. The Bible says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters so these are this is a new uh, living translation which came later but the original version the original uh the bible there it says brethren brethren so meaning to say there's nothing there's no gender to it we are all sons of god so for god knew his people in advance And he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be be the firstborn among many brethren. So, we are called to become like Jesus. We are called to become like Jesus. So, why Jesus? Because Jesus manifested in the earth as a son. To teach us what it means to be sons. To teach us what it means to be sons. So, you and me are sons. Now, another thing that you need to understand is that this position is permanent, it cannot be revoked, it's irrevocable. It's a lasting position, it's an enduring position. It's an abiding position. It cannot be changed. Now, let's go to the book of Luke. I'm about to finish now. Left with two scriptures. The book of Luke, chapter 15. I want us to see something there. There is a parable that Jesus gives us. Which is the parable, which which we call the the parable of the prodigal son. the The lost son. Now, from verse 11, I'm going to read... Up to verse 32 but I'll try and explain as we go. The Bible says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, "I, I, I want my share of your stay, of your estate now before you die." So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, there is something that Jesus is bringing to our attention there, right? He's bringing the issue of sonship. He wants us to understand what it means to be a son and he wants us to understand the heart of the father towards his sons, right? So he says in verse 13, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land And there he wasted all his money in wild living. Verse 14. About the time his money ran out and a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. Verse 15. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and uh, and the men sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. Verse 16. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Verse 17. When he finally came to his senses. Let's say he came to his senses. So when he finally came to his senses. He said to himself. At home. Even the hired servants. Have food enough to spare. And they, and here I am. Dying of hunger. Verse 18. I will go home to my father. And say to my father. Right. So what you see there is the young man is acknowledging that he is still a son. So Jesus is deliberately giving us this illustration so that we understand what it means to be a son. And that we understand the heart of the father. So he says, I will go home to my father, right? He is acknowledging that he is a son. And I will say to my father, I have sinned against I have sinned against both heaven and you, verse 19, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. So it is this son who is uh, trying to denounce his sonship. The father is not saying nothing about his position. right? When he went away, the father did not say, you are going away, you are no longer my son, I am denouncing you from this day. So he went away as a son. So to the father, he's still a son. Right? But it is only through uh, 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 because of what he's going through that he's saying to himself, I don't think I still deserve to be called a son, right, by my father. Let's continue. Verse 19. And I'm no longer worthy to, of being called your son. Please take me as your hired servant. Verse 20. So he returned home to his father. To his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father you see now this is jesus now he's repeating for us to understand his father his father is not saying his master he's saying his father so jesus is acknowledging that even though this man was away he's still a son to this man so his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. he ran to his son are you getting something he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, "Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son." But his father said to his servants, "So you see now, the father is not even addressing what the son is say, his son is saying." So he said to his servants, "Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring." For his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf. We have been fat, we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. So the father is acknowledging that even though the son was dead, he was still his son. Right? The boy was still his son. He says he was dead and now he's found. He, he, uh, he's back to life. He was lost and now he's found. So the party began. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the old son, right? That's where I wanted us to go. Meanwhile, the old son was, with, was in the fields working. When he returned home, he's an obedient son. He's in the fields working. So when he returned home, when he returned home, he had music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, "Who was uh, What's going on? Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed a fattened cow- calf. We are celebrating because of his self-return. The older brother, older brother was very angry. He was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years you see now the attitude of this man all these years i have slept for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me and in all that time you never gave me even one god young god for a feast with my friends so this is not uh, a unique situation here This is something that you still find today among believers. The kind of approach they have towards God. The kind of approach they will have towards the work of God. You see them doing wonderful things in the house of God. Or in the ministry or anywhere. Doing it for God. You think they are doing it because they love their father? You think they are doing it because they have uh, uh, the understanding that they are sons? No. They are doing it from a slave point of view. A slavery position. They are doing it out of fear. Because they think that if they don't do it, any bad thing can come to them. They think that if they don't do it, God will not be pleased by them. So this son now, he's in the field, he's working every time. He's an obedient son from the look of it. He's an obedient son. He's not going anywhere. He's not asking for his inheritance. He's working in the field until this day when his brother comes back home. And he's not happy. And the father said, why are you not happy? I've been slaving here for you. I'm always on time, in church. I've been slaving here for you. I'm always fasting and praying, seeking your fast. I've been slaving here for you. Right? (laughs) I'm always doing my best so that you are happy. And let's hear what the father says. Verse 30. Let's hear what he says first and then the reply of the father. Yet when the son of yours comes back after swandering your money or prostitute, you, se- you celebrate by killing a fattened calf. Verse 31. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by my side. And everything I have is yours. Verse 32, we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and now he is found. So the father here, Jesus, is emphasizing the point that when you are walking with God, do not walk with God with a slave mentality. Walk with God as a son. Right? Walk with God as a son because he loves you. Everything that is in the kingdom belongs to you. You don't work for anything that is in the kingdom. No. Jesus paid the price in full. It all belongs to you. Believe it. Embrace it. Enjoy it. (laughs) Stop trying. Stop trying. I know because religion has told us this for a long time. So it's difficult to undo old old what? old what, tricks, old ways of doing things. It's difficult. It's difficult. Right? It's just like when I come to you and I say, this is not blue. This is green. It will be difficult for you to believe what I'm saying. Why? Because you have been told all your life that this is blue. You see now. So religion has told us that we are servants in the kingdom of God. We are here to save. No. Jesus has come to change everything. We are no longer servants. We are sons in the kingdom. He says, I do not call you servants anymore. I call you friends. Why? Because we are his brothers and sisters if you want. We belong to the kingdom of God. So wake up every morning with this attitude. I am a son in the kingdom. As you're going about your business, I am a son in the kingdom. Never try. Never try at one point to twist the hand of God and try to cause him to do anything for you. Because by doing so, you're despising the work that Jesus did. Believe it. Embrace it. And whatever you do in the kingdom, do it as a thanksgiving. I'm thanking you, Father, for what you've already done for me. You cannot pay for anything, for your blessing. You cannot pay for your healing. You cannot. You cannot. I was listening to uh, another conversation. And this man of God was saying, you know, every time when God gives me a word, you know, I say to the person, you know what? You need to sow a seed so that, you know, God can heal you, you know, or intervene in your problem. No, you know. I believe, I believe, I believe in the principle of sowing and reaping. I believe. The Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time will always be there. You plant a seed, it will germinate. It's a principle. Whatever you plant, it will germinate. So that's why you see today that even the philanthropists of the world are blessed. They are not believers. They are blessed. Why? Because they, the principle of sowing and reaping, applies to everybody as long as the earth remains you give is given back unto you right I, I know i'm from africa but i'm sorry to tell you this that the the, the the countries most of the countries that are blessed now in the first world are blessed because they give a lot it is giving they give a lot it's a principle they are not believers but it's a principle but for the kingdom of god it's different you are a son you are a son. Don't twist the hand of God to do something for you. You are a son. Yes. One more time, I am a son. We are bringing this understanding. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. Let's say it's free. It's free. Let me close with this scripture here. John chapter, 20, chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 22, New Living Translation, to verse 33. The Bible says, so you have sorrow. This is Jesus talking with his disciples. You have sorrow, but I will see you again. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. Verse 23. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and He will grant you your request because you use My name. Verse twenty-four. You haven't done this before, so He is talking to His disciples before His death and His resurrection. So He's saying, "You haven't done this before. You haven't used My name before. You haven't done this before. Ask using My name, and you will receive." And you have abundant of joy. I have spoken these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively and will tell you plainly all about the Father. Verse 26. Then you will ask. Then you will ask in my name. I am not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. So this is Jesus now. He's saying, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going to ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from God, from the Father to, into the world. And now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Verse 29, then his disciples said, at last you are, you are now speaking plainly and not with figure of speech. Now we understand that you know everything and there is no need to question you. From this, we believe that you came from God. Now, verse 26 and verse 27, Jesus says, Then you ask me, you ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. Verse 27, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from the Father. I can tell you this that you have never seen this scripture before Jesus is saying I'm not going to ask the father on your behalf I'm not going to ask the father on your behalf you you have to ask the father why? because you are a son the father loves you so dearly the same way that he loves me that's the same way that he loves you you are a son So whatever you're going to ask the Father in the name of Jesus, the Father will do it. The Father will do it. So I pray that this be our belief. This be our attitude as we approach God. As we are walking with God, let this be our attitude. That we are sons. And whatever we're going to ask the Father in the name of Jesus, It will be done. It will be done. What is it? Is it healing? If we ask healing in the name of Jesus, it will be done. What is it? Is it breakthrough? Oh, it's already there. In the name of Jesus, it's already done. Is it deliverance? Oh, no, don't worry. We are already delivered. It's already there. In the name of Jesus, it's already done. Is it cancer? No, don't worry about it. In the name of Jesus, It's already done. Is it stroke? Oh, don't worry about it. In the name of Jesus, it's already done. Is it high blood pressure? Don't worry about it. It's already done. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. So we speak as sons. We speak from that position where we have a constant relationship with the Father. We are not like today, we, are, we have a relationship with the Father. Tomorrow we are out. Tomorrow we are trying to see if God still has a relationship with us. No, it's relationship forever. Once you come to God, you are always in His presence. Amen. You are a son Hallelujah. in the presence of God. God has no problem understanding that He is your Father. But do you understand that you are His son? I want to believe from today onwards... Your understanding, your thinking, your approach when it comes to God is different now. You are not approaching God as a servant anymore. You are approaching God as a son. As a son. Jesus comes to the tomb of Lazarus. He's already dead. Four days he has been in the tomb. And he lifts up his eyes to heaven. And he says, Father, I thank you for you have already had me. Right? But I am praying just because of these who are around me here so that they believe. In other words, Jesus is saying, if it was not for them, I was just going to speak to Lazarus. and say, Lazarus, come forth! But I am praying so that they understand that I come from you. We have so much power and so much authority to speak to any situation. How come before the pandemic happened we were speaking and talking about the power of God the healing power of God we were talking with confidence and when this happened we started to shrink you don't hear anybody talking about healing anymore I believe in the name of Jesus coronavirus is nothing you are healed in the name of Jesus do you believe it right now you are believe with me in the name of Jesus I am casting out the spirit of fear. I am casting out the spirit of coronavirus out of you. In the name of Jesus, you are totally healed. Receive your healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shall we stand up before God? In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We are sons. We are sons. We are sons. We are sons. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Are here today, you have not given your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, I hear the word, but how can I have this relationship with Jesus? It's very easy. The Bible says when you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. Would you want to pray this prayer with me today? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you today I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need salvation. I'm opening my heart today, believing that Jesus paid the price for me. Come into my life. Be the Father. Be the Lord. Be the Master. Be the Savior of my life. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you for receiving me today and making me your child. In your name I pray. Amen and amen my brother my sister we believe that if you've prayed that simple prayer meaning it from your heart you are now saved you're now a child of god the bible says when one sinner repents there's joy in heaven there's celebration right now angels are celebrating because of the decision that you made now you are here in northern ireland you're looking for a church we are here if you want to be part of this fellowship it'll be a great blessing to have you with us You live very far or you're looking for a different church. It's all amazing. We can help you look for the right church where they teach the word of God with simplicity. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. you. Continue to walk with this understanding. You are now a son. You are a son. You are a son. You are a son. son. Tell this to yourself. Tell this to your mind every day until your mind aligns with what God has already done in your spirit. That you are a son. Let me pray for you. Well in your body right now, I want to pray for you. God has given us the power, though, for it. He commanded us to go into the world to lay our hands on the sick and that they will recover. Right now, as I'm gonna pray with you, I believe you'll be to recover in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for my brothers, my sisters, those who are watching me right now. Father, some of them are not feeling well in their body. I'm declaring healing right now, sending forth the healing word. In the name of Jesus, and I'm breaking the power of that sickness, whatever that sickness is right now, in the name of Jesus be it cancer, stroke, high blood pressure, whatever it is, dear God, anxiety, fear, depression. I command you to go, Emily. I command you to go in the name of Jesus. they have no power over the people of God, their bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Father. I thank you. Bless their, bless their marriages, bless their families, bless their relationships, bless their jobs, bless their businesses. In the name of Jesus, thank you for bringing this understanding into their heart, into their spirit, that they are your sons; they belong to you. You love them so dearly, dear God. Father, I thank you that they will impress this truth and they will begin to walk in this truth. Let your name be glorified. Let your name be exalted. In the name of Jesus, be glorified. Father. Bless your people as they start a new week. Let them see the blessing of God. Let them walk in abundance. Let them walk in abundance. In abundance. In abundance. Opportunities to be opened everywhere. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for bringing the right people in their lives. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name.